Today is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros, and we are off. The first leg of the 2024 election is underway. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us as well. We'd love to hear from you. Quick Start Podcast at cbn.org. Joining me today... Madison Seals, as Billy and Trey are both on assignment. Trey's actually at The Chosen, Madison, and uh, Billy is doing some recordings for some documentary work we have coming up here uh, on CBN. So glad to have you on board. Thank you. Wow, I'm kind of jealous of Trey's <laughs> mission right now. That yeah. sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and we're going to get some. He always gets great stuff when he every season when they're in production. Like he'll get out there, interview everybody, what they have going on. So looking forward to what Trey gets uh, back from from that visit uh and we have the march for life coming up which you'll be a part of as well so looking forward to that yes i am too and hand warmers lots yes. of hand warmers this year it's gonna be cold it is gonna be cold brace yourself layer up but uh all right we got a lot to get to here on the podcast today and on the focus story madison we're taking a look at how christians compare to the secular world when it comes to using ai yeah, this is one of those surveys that you might assume you would know the response or the results to, but you'll probably assume incorrectly because the findings are really interesting and make us ask some really good spiritual questions. All right, looking forward to the details there on the focus story. Also on the main thing, Billy caught up with former Finnish politician or Finnish politician Pavi Rosnan, and she's, as we mentioned yesterday on the podcast, caught up in these court cases just for tweeting Bible verses. It's crazy that this thing could be going back to the courts again. Billy caught up with her on today's main thing. We'll have that conversation coming up. All that and more. And I want to remind you to subscribe to our new podcast, the Newsmakers Podcast, and also to the DC Debrief with John Stolness. All right, we are going to get to the news here in 90 seconds. Former President Donald Trump dominated the Iowa caucus last night. It was the biggest margin of victory ever in a contested caucus on the Republican side. Ron DeSantis came in second, Nikki Haley third, and Vivek Ramaswamy a distant fourth. The final totals put Trump at 51% of the vote, DeSantis at 21%, Haley 19. Trump struck an unusually for him complimentary tone after the evening was concluded crediting the other candidates as being all, quote, very smart people, very capable people who are running great races. Ramaswamy finished in fourth and announced that he's suspending his 2024 Republican presidential campaign. He also endorsed former President Trump. As for Haley and DeSantis, they will continue to try to make this a two-candidate race as we head to New Hampshire. We've got our ticket punched out of Iowa, DeSantis said. Haley, on the other hand, despite finishing third, looks to her stronger polling in New Hampshire and South Carolina to try and make the case that it is already a two-person race down to her and Trump. She said, I can safely say tonight Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. You can check out more on the Iowa caucus over at CBNNews.com. And Nikki Haley is trying to make her case that this is between her and Trump. She's solidly in second place in the RCP average in New Hampshire. She's still 14 points behind Trump. DeSantis does not poll well currently in the more moderate state of New Hampshire. Haley's hoping to capitalize on that and use it to sort of be clear of the rest of the field 
and make herself the lone Trump alternative. South Carolina also is Haley's home state, and she's comfortably in second there ahead of DeSantis, currently in the RCP average of 21, and DeSantis is at 11. Trump is in a commanding lead there as well, though, polling at 52%, and he's still the dominant leader overall, and it does not look like it's slowing down. President Biden said that it looks like Trump just won Iowa. He is the clear front runner on the other side at this point, while adding that this election was always going to be you and me versus extreme MAGA Republicans. It's still going to be a tough road ahead for either DeSantis or Haley, even if one of those two were to drop out of the race, because it doesn't necessarily mean all of the voters, let's say if Haley dropped out doesn't mean all those Haley voters would go to DeSantis and vice versa. If DeSantis dropped out, it does not mean that all of those voters would instantly go to Haley. A lot of those might go over to Trump and he would increase his lead even with the sizable gain. So it is a distant second place fight right now while Trump is comfortably in the lead. One of the key demographics last night in Iowa, evangelicals, white evangelicals, as the media always loves to point out. They were again in favor of Trump. He got 55% of the white evangelical Christian vote. That's more than double DeSantis at 24% and Haley's 13%. And as I said, make sure you get on over to CBNnews.com to keep tabs on everything that's going on with the 2024 presidential election. And don't forget to subscribe to the DCD Brief Podcast with John Stolness. He is covering all of this stuff weekly for CBN on his podcast, the roundup of everything going on in D.C. with the campaigns. He does a great job. You'll learn everything that's going on there. The D.C. Debrief podcast. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you sign up. All right. We are going to head on over to the focus story now. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, there's some interesting data coming out here about Christians and how they're using AI. I mean, we kind of had just within the last year, this sudden bursting onto the scene of chat GPT and this advanced AI. And now we've had a little bit of time where people are engaging with it and we want to see what is happening. And there's some interesting stuff about Christians versus non-Christians on it. So Madison, what does this survey show us uh, on that front? Yeah, the Barna Group has released a couple of polls pertaining to AI usage that are really interesting. And this one shows that self-identified Christians are more likely to use artificial intelligence than their non-Christian peers. The study is called Four Ways U.S. Adults Are Embracing Artificial Intelligence, and in parentheses, or not. And it pulls over 1,500 U.S. adults. And 62% of Christians who responded to this poll say that they use AI often, sometimes or not very much, while only 49% of non-Christians pulled the same. Both non-Christians and Christians answered similarly, though, about what they use AI for, which is mostly answering questions and rarely ever for advice or spiritual questions. <laughs> Just 8% of Christians and 4% of non-Christians are interested in using AI to study the Bible. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad. There's a um, little bit of sigh of relief from me there. It's that they're not looking for uh, Bible advice or advice in general from these computers. But what what are the takeaways and possible takeaways does this article point to? The article points to a couple of things that these findings might suggest. And first of all, 
there may be a need for greater digital literacy directed at Christians who seek to use AI to answer more nuanced questions about faith. Mm. And second, faith leaders should be mindful of the lack of trust non-Christians have of AI. So if faith leaders are choosing to use artificial intelligence as a tool of evangelism or something, non-Christians may not be interested or respond to that very well. Mm, that's really interesting. What is the uh, kind of overall opinion here about the church using AI? Well, I think the polling on this is really interesting when we compare it to the findings that we just talked about. Last November, Barna released a re another report showing that 51% of those surveyed in America believe that AI is not good for the church overall. And yet in this survey that we're talking about today, Christians are more likely to use it than non-Christians. And you might remember, we actually addressed this in a podcast a few months ago when we talked to an organization called Glue, G-L-O-O, which is actually partnering with Barna for these studies about AI. And we talked to them about their initiative called AI and the Church. Glue started this initiative in response to the rise in AI to help church leaders navigate it responsibly and use it to their advantage. And the mindset behind this is that any tool, even secular ones, can be used to advance the kingdom of God. We just need to be aware of the potential pitfalls. So I know there's other perspectives about whether it's a necessary tool or not, and even the dangers of artificial intelligence becoming so smart that it outsmarts its creators. <laughs> I think that's a whole other yeah. whole other topic and podcast. But I think if we're talking about whether it's inherently evil or not, we have to consider who it's being used by and what it's being used for. And apparently many Christians believe it can be a very useful tool for evangelism and faith development. That's really interesting. And I, I feel like we're sort of in the Wild West phase of this iteration of technology with AI and the advanced learning and, you know, all what we're seeing with ChatGPT. We're, we're sort of in the Wild West phase of this thing. And it, it's we're going to probably look back on this era and laugh at all the things that we used to do. I kind of think about, I, I don't know if you're old enough, Madison, to remember the early days of Facebook. And I go back and look sometimes every now and then one of these old memories pops up and we used to just speak in a different way on Facebook. So we didn't understand how to communicate with it. Like it would say my name, Dan Andros, and we would complete sentences like Dan Andros. And then I'd post is eating a hamburger, you yes. know, and like, so all of our posts were like that. So, and, but that was when Facebook and social media was like kind of brand new. Nobody had really done it before. And so I feel like we're, in that sort of phase now with ChatGPT, nobody really knows exactly how this is all going to shake out. We can see that it's powerful, but we don't really know. So it, it does seem, and I don't, I'm, I don't know if there was anything on this front in those numbers, but it does seem like it's wise to look at it as far as if it's really that good, it's not going away, right? It's like the Pony Express. Right. You can keep riding your ponies if you want, but we can put things on FedEx and have them in there in, in a couple hours. So um you know, I think that there is a lot of potential there. And like you said, it's it's really how we use it and not necessarily the object itself is evil or not. Right. Yeah, sense. there's still. Yeah, it does. There's still so much unexplored territory with artificial intelligence. And I think that's what scares a lot of people. But yeah. there's organizations like Glue and apparently a lot of Christians, too, who see it as, yes, unexplored. Yes, there's dangers and possibility for artificial intelligence to be used poorly, but there's also a lot of opportunities to develop that in a positive way as well. So it's just, you know, 
about understanding it better and how to use it productively, I think. Yeah. And and just realizing like, okay, if this is going to be here, how can we deal with this? As, as Christians, we don't, we're not supposed to just put our heads in the sand and hope things go away. God is still sovereign. He is still on the throne over all of the things that happen here. None of this is a surprise to him that's coming. So uh, I think we would be wise as Christians to sort of sit back and not be ignorant of the things that are happening around us. And yeah, even in some cases, figure out how we can harness harness it for good and for the good of the kingdom. So uh, yeah. very interesting. And I'm sure we'll be keeping tabs on it as I know you've talked to glue before and others who are keeping tabs on the tech and the church. And we'll certainly, uh, we'll certainly look for more updates on that in the future, but appreciate you bringing that on the podcast today. All right, we are going to head on over to the main thing now. And as we mentioned at the top, Finnish po- politician Pavi Rasanen simply shared some Bible verses and ultimately found herself in court. And despite winning multiple free speech case- cases, she's now back in the crosshairs again as her case has been brought back before the courts. And now they're deciding whether or not it'll go even further. Well, Billy caught up with her to talk about this latest unconscionable move on today's main thing. The last time that you and I spoke in November, you were rejoicing over the fact that you had been cleared of charges. And it's sort of shocking because I believe the deadline was January 15th for the prosecutor to appeal the case to the Supreme Court. And they are now appealing it correct to the Supreme Court. Yes, just today they announced that they will appeal to the Supreme Court. And I have also uh, discussed with my lawyer, and he said that it is very probable that the Supreme Court will give the permission, the, the promise <laughs> to, uh, to handle that case. So... Wow. No, what, was your, what was your reaction to that? I just, I have to ask you because you've been through this for years now and you were, you were at the end here, right? You only had a couple of days before that deadline was up. What was your reaction to hearing that? Yes, I, I have to admit that it, this was a surprise to me because I thought that uh, the prosecutor general wouldn't do this anymore because at... Uh, uh, the verdict of the uh, court of appeal was so clear, and we have had already uh, two uh, uh, acquittals from from two courts. So it it was. I I have to say that it was it was shocking to me that that they want to continue, but. Uh, the other side is that uh, this gives the possibility to have a very strong precedent, I hope positive precedent for freedom of speech and freedom of religion, freedom of faith in, in Finland. Uh, because of course, the, uh, if, if, I, I, if I would get acquittal, vindication from the Supreme Court, it would be uh, more uh, stronger than from the Court of Appeals. So this is the good side of this situation. Yeah. 
Well, and I think that the bigger picture here, speaking to what you just said, there's a lot on the line for both sides here because what the Supreme Court says holds a lot of weight. And so that's probably why they're pushing on their side. You would think after two court losses, and we're talking about unanimous court losses, right, where everybody is saying, and eh, this is not a great case, that they would move on. But so, so help me, and, and I don't know if this is easy to answer. It may be a different context than what we have in America. But, you know, when we look at the Supreme Court in America, we can say, okay, we think we know how they're going to rule on this based on their composition. Do you have or do your attorneys have a good idea of how you think the court would rule based on other cases? Ah. Uh. I, I have discussed with my lawyer and and Finnish uh, Finnish uh, lawyers about about what would happen if this if this would go to Supreme Court. Of course, I have to be humble because I do not know <laughs> how they decide this case. But uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm still I'm confident that I that uh, it 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 would be probable that I w- I win this case. Uh, sure. Because because uh, I, the the Supreme Court it handles mostly from uh, the constitutional side this case and in in the Finnish Constitution we have the freedom of speech and freedom of faith very clearly and we also we are in the international treaties about this. Right, so, so, but but they 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 want to have some kind of uh, precedent about how to handle these hate hate speech cases in 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 Finland. So, yes, but there's a good it, chance they'll they'll take uh, it. I mean, even though they don't take most cases, ninety percent of cases they don't take. But there's a good chance because, and this has been an incredibly public case across the world, not just in Finland, right? Here we are talking about this. I mean, this is a big case, so I could see why they, why the assumption is that they will actually take it. And I just want to say, and feel free to fill in any voids here, because I don't want to, I don't want to oversimplify, but just for those who don't know, you have been brought up on trial uh, repeatedly with risk at worst case scenario of jail time over simply tweeting Bible verses writing a pamphlet on biblical marriage and even appearing in media to talk about um, marriage and what the Bible says and very normal comments that that Christ, any Christian would make based on scripture. That is what is at the basis of this. You've done nothing more than that, correct? Yes, 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 that's right. Because, uh, for example, in the pamphlet uh, that is now uh, in, uh, in, in, in this case, Central. Uh, I I said very clearly that that I believe that all people are equal, that all are created as the image of God, and and we should uh, honor <clears throat> the rights of of all minorities also. Uh, but I have only told that. Um, <clears throat> Uh, that the Christian view, the classical Christian view, is that uh, sexual relationships be- belong to the marriage of one man and one woman, <laughs> and and yeah. when when I have been 
when I have talked about uh, the concept of sin, it has been uh, interpreted as as a concept of hate speech. Even though I think that, uh, and I, I I have said that it is if if we if we believe in in the Bible and in in Christianity, it is the God who decides that what is sin and what is not. And this is only what Bible teaches about marriage and, and sexual relationships. So I, I have not threatened anyone. I have not insulted anyone. Uh, and, and in yeah. fact, the Court of Appeals, they also said that they didn't find any criminal in my speeches and they didn't find any intention to, to insult anybody. So uh, this is only about classical Christianity, what what the churches have been teaching for thousands of years. Yeah, well, I will tell you that it is very uh, strange to watch all this unfold because even if you were insulting somebody in America, that would be free speech, right? You know, even if even and you weren't, but even if you were, you know, there's a lot of coverage for free speech here um, in our in our country. But you know, just as we go here, last question for you. I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's been a crazy day. Um, how can people be praying for you? You don't seem very fe fearful or afraid, but I know this has been a long battle. So how can they be praying for you? Yes, I'm, <clears throat> I'm very thankful for all prayers and, and for support. And I, I have very concretely felt that God has answered those prayers. Uh, I, I, I pray that uh, I would win the case, <laughs> of course, that uh, I, I, that we would get a very strong precedent from the Supreme Court uh, to support freedom of speech and freedom of faith. All right. Thanks so much, Billy, for that conversation on the podcast today. Really moving to hear her talk about, you know, when Billy asked her, like he said, you know, you don't seem fearful and she really doesn't, which is kind of crazy because of what she's being dragged before the courts for. It's kind of wild. That that's happening. That would be unsettling in and of itself. Just the charges like you tweeted something we don't like. But she does seem to be handling it very, very well. So certainly continued prayers for her on that front. That's going to leave us here on the podcast for time for one last thing. Yeah, we want to leave you with a Bible verse. James 1, 5 through 6 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And even as we were just talking about in that interview, just... Um, the conviction behind the words that she was saying and just that sense of peace that she carries as she goes through yeah. these legal battles. I mean, that's exactly what this verse is talking about, that when you when you do trust the Lord and you ask him for wisdom and then you stand by that and you feel convicted about it, then he gives you that peace. But yeah. without that and a world of AI and so much <laughs> unknown, we can feel a little bit like waves tossed. Yeah you know, blown and tossed by the wind. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Well said. And that's a great spot to leave it on the pod today. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.